Welcome to the Plastic for Smile, a podcast series by Sustainable Asia. My name is Marcy Trent Long. In season nine, we'll look at how different countries in Asia tackle plastic waste. And not just any plastic. We're going to dig deep into PET plastic beverage bottles. Estimates are that 20,000 plastic bottles a second are being purchased around the world. And many are ending up in our rivers and oceans here in Asia. In our first episode, we looked at the gold standard, Taiwan's Plastic for Smile. In the last episode, we started the story of an initiative called Drink Without Waste in Hong Kong. And now it's time to wrap up that story and see how this alliance is going to take on PET plastic beverage waste in the face of government inaction. Hong Kong people genuinely want to do the right thing, but they're frustrated that at the moment they can't do it because there aren't the facilities or the wherewithal to do it. I think they are aware that it's important, but they don't have the confidence in the system, so they don't take the time and make the effort to necessarily do it properly. There is a little bit of a separated bin system in the street, but because people throw everything and anything and they don't look what, where they're throwing, the stuff is contaminated. So it's basically gets wasted and gets into the landfill. So that's what the current situation is. Now we want to change that. Clearly, there's not a lot of trust in the recycling system here in Hong Kong. So the Alliance Drink Without Waste is trying to reverse all that. The consortium has over 40 participants involved in beverage waste here. But as you just heard, the PET plastic recycling in Hong Kong is going to be difficult to fix. So the key challenge with collecting uh, plastic bottles is the logistics. And why is that a problem? It's because the plastic bottles don't weigh very much. They only weigh maybe between 20 and 30 grams. And so although they're a nuisance because they're so big, but in terms of value of the materials, they're actually very light indeed. That was Nigel Matravers of Alba Integrated Waste Solutions. He's been appointed to run the new PET plastic recycling plant that will open at the end of 2020. So for us to be able to collect enough of these bottles that we need to operate the plant, then we need to bring a lot of bottles together at the same time. So maybe for one ton of material, we need something like 40,000 bottles, uh, which is quite a lot. But Hong Kong produces quite a lot. It's something like five and a half million bottles a day, which is just an astounding number. And obviously a huge environmental problem. Most of those actually just go to landfill, which is a huge waste of resource. So Hong Kong is producing almost 140 tonnes of PET plastic bottles every day less than 1% of which is currently recycled here in Hong Kong. So as New Life Plastics, we're building a new facility which will process about 70 tonnes a day. So about half of what Hong Kong produces. But we still need to capture it. And that's the key. How do we work with the existing groups, existing agencies, NGOs, domestic helpers, people in the street to bring the material through to the facility? so it can be properly treated. And now we finally get to the plastic for smile problem. Hong Kong must be one of the most logistically complicated places on earth to implement a proper waste collection and recycling system. 
We have numerous small street shops and thousands of small windy streets that connect multi-story buildings. That being said, there is an existing waste collection system here that seems to function well. But there's no mandate by the government for it to include recycling. So as with many other Asian countries, it's mostly run by the informal sector. Too long, Hong Kong has been dependent on old ladies to sort out materials. Even downstairs from our Sustainable Asia offices, we have an elderly lady that pushes a cart of recyclable materials daily through the alley. That may work with some cardboard and others to a degree, but when we're really looking at this volume of plastic materials to be separated, we can't do this manually. It really needs to be done by proper sorting facilities. So with that lack of the massive electronic sorting facilities that you normally see in Europe, Drink Without Waste will need to use the existing infrastructure to somehow collect and sort two to three million plastic beverage bottles a day. I'm Ho Kei Kong. I'm the director of the Wong Tai Sen Community Recycling Center of the East Kowloon Residence Committee. Part of the existing infrastructure of recycling here in Hong Kong is also a network of small plastic recyclers that currently operate in Hong Kong and are supported by the government. Wong Tai Sen Recycling Center is one of the largest plastic recycling collection and sorting centers in Hong Kong. It only receives less than 1% of the plastic PET bottles that the new plastic recycling plant is expected to process. This project is led by the Environmental Protection Department. It is supported by the Environment Conservation Fund. After SARS, the price of plastic recycling dropped sharply. So many recyclers in Hong Kong gradually stopped recycling plastic. Therefore, the government launched this project, Start Recycling Plastic. Since the Environment Conservation Fund was established, we were also asked to collect plastic door-to-door. When we collect plastic in residential areas, if it is near, we will push a trolley to collect it. If it is far away, we will rent a truck or van to collect the plastic. After the collection, we will go back to our center to sort and eventually send the plastics to different recyclers. Although the poor people in Hong Kong do count a lot, it is always the minority who depend on collecting waste. Most people coming to our recycling center are ordinary people from the neighborhood, ranging from kids around four to five years old to grandpas and grandmas who are aged 70 or 80. They all take the initiative to do plastic recycling. Only about half of them come to the recycling center to redeem gifts. The other half doesn't ask for anything. The Wong Tai Sin Collection Center uses gifts as an incentive to encourage people to deliver their plastic recycling to them. But as we found also in Taiwan, recycling is kind of a community affair. People actually want to do it. But there is an argument for putting a price on plastic waste. What we see that for the metal cans, the retrieval out of the waste system is very high. So about 85% of the metal cans will come back. Paul Zimmerman, chairman of the alliance Drink Without Waste. So there are scavengers and people that, that basically retrieve those medicines because they have value. And they can easily be flattened and be taken away, and they're worth some money, about three cans for 10 cents. Plastic bottles 
don't have any value right now. So once they're dumped, they're contaminated, nobody goes and, and picked them up again. Basically, it's irrecoverable. And the waste collectors who collect it, they'll dump it in, in, the, in the waste dump and it doesn't really get recycled. If it has value, people will pick it up and it will keep it separate. And we will continue to see the proposition of putting a price on plastic waste as a key driver to creating a plastic first mile here in Asia. Especially when you have this network of waste collectors, small recyclers, small retailers. Many countries in Asia want to keep that fabric as part of their recycling system. So I asked Paul Zimmerman if they're considering a deposit system that would encourage consumers to go back to where they bought the plastic bottle and get their money back. In Hong Kong, we don't think that's feasible. First of all, people don't have cars. People don't have space. People buy a drink on the run while walking between transport and home or transport and work or, or whatever leisure activity they get onto. Uh, they finish their drink. They then want to get rid of that packaging material. So we'll have to come up with a different system for Hong Kong that is suitable for the Hong Kong way of living. So we have a feeling that the kind of scrap plus value system, the value and return system is going to be a better one for Hong Kong. And to make sure that all the agents that are currently involved in recycling, which are the cleaners, the domestic helpers, that all of them can be involved in, in returning that bottle. Integrating all those agents into a new system of putting a value on PET plastic bottles, well, now you can understand why the Drink Without Waste Alliance has over 40 participants. And putting together a proposal to the government that represents all those interests, that takes a lot of research and coordination. So Drink Without Waste's proposal is to create a value-on-return scheme that both incentivizes consumers that are using, enjoying that beverage, and therefore need to be stimulated in their personal behavior to recycle, but also leverages and activates that whole group of semi-informal and informal workers. Helga van Turnat is spearheading that research. She's the director of Wealth of Flows Consulting and was a lead author of Ellen MacArthur Foundation's New Plastic Circular Economy Report, which is kind of a Bible to those of us who are trying to reduce plastic waste. One of the challenges in designing such a system is to choose what kind of collection points you're going to organize. Because obviously, you have to go beyond the current bin system because there needs to be that payout of value. So either you need a machine that can do that automatically for you. It's called a reverse vending machine. They exist, they work well, but they are not cheap. Or you need to have a manual collection point. For each one of these, you need to count on a location to do the actual take back. And importantly, you need to count on storage space. Here in Hong Kong, we not only have a very large number of convenience stores, but we also have a long tail end of micro sales points where people are just selling 10 bottles of water or soda on the side next to the newspapers or whatever the case might be. So how do you translate that responsibility of return to retail in that kind of context? That's one of the design elements that we are working with at the moment. So Drink Without Waste is researching and writing an extensive position paper of what a plastic beverage recycling system might look like in Hong Kong. Later this year, the Environmental Protection Department will have a public consultation period on the document, 
And hopefully many of the ideas will become supported by new policies and regulation on recycling. But a different system isn't simply going to happen overnight. And unlike Taiwan, Hong Kong doesn't really incorporate how to recycle into their school education systems. So in the past, information from the government has been a bit haphazard. The public gets different messages from the government than they get from NGOs. So I'm hoping that when we have this new facility and other facilities that are coming online over the next year or so, that we'll be able to solidify that message and provide the public with one single message on how to properly handle your waste in general, but plastic bottles, for example. Dana Winograd is head of operations of Plastic Free Seas here in Hong Kong. It's a registered charity that provides education on the issue of plastic marine pollution. But we have to take a step backwards and say why this is important and that In fact, it is important that it does have a value. So many children don't know what plastic comes from. They don't know that it's a natural resource. They don't know the harm that it can have once it gets into the environment. So you need to teach them all of that. And then you can start explaining to them, yes, you you should recycle and this is how you do it. The challenge of managing PET plastic bottle waste here in Hong Kong is similar to other countries in Asia. We have to overlay a new recycling system on top of an existing fabric of informal waste collectors and small shops. And often, this takes a stakeholder group like Drink Without Waste to be able to implement a plan of action to manage that plastic first mile. But one theme that plays out in all countries that we've looked at so far, the importance of education to encourage individuals to do their part in tackling plastic waste. In our next episode, we're going to look at the tourism island of Bali, where McKinsey.org is conducting a pilot project called Rethinking Recycling. Their goal is to tackle the island's plastic problems by establishing a pilot program that focuses on behavior change education and transforms disposal centers into recycling hubs. And just as in Hong Kong, they're concentrating on putting a price on plastic waste as a collection incentive and to make the recycling centers economically profitable. Season 9, Asia's Plastic First Mile, is hosted by me, Marcy Trent Long. Wu Yu Fei is our associate producer. Sound engineering by Chris Wood. And a big thank you to our Sustainable Asia team, Josie Chan, Crystal Wu, Bonnie Ao, Ariane DeRossier, Joshua Lee, and Jill Baxter. Alexander Mobison created the intro-outro music made from repurposed and recovered waste items. You can find his work on www.kalelover.net. For those of you in Hong Kong in September, check out the upcoming Rethink 2020 event, focused on helping businesses accelerate change towards a more sustainable future. Check out their website, rethink-event.com, to find out more.